What is up, everybody? I am back. I'm sorry I was out. Uh, I did not have a voice for a week, but I finally got my voice back. In today's episode, to begin, Jordan, Butsy, and Zwick are going to talk about some NFL betting. And then Butsy has a special guest on for college football. And then following that, me, Butsy, and Ledwith get into an NBA power ranking segment that is a very hearty discussion and a lot of fun. So without further ado, here is Jordan, Butsy, and Zwick. Welcome back to the couch, everybody, and welcome to our week 11 NFL betting segment combined with QB tiers. We have a big episode today, boys. How are we feeling? Very big episode. Um, I'm very excited to be here, and I cannot wait to get into these tiers because it's. I look forward to it every week. Um, I wake up for the tiers. Those <laughs> tiers. All about the QB tiers. It's been a while since we've had the tiers. It's, it's a big day. There's going to be some big shifts. Yeah. Yeah. So, but see no words. Just get into it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty locked in right now. I will say, I'm I'm I'm, right. I'm, I'm in a tech. I'm in, I'm in my Nike tech hood is on. <laughs> That's how you know I mean business when the tech's on. Yeah, that is. And we got a uh, Zwick locked in too in the Bengals shirts. We got the Bengals coming on pretty soon, so we're gonna we're gonna fire through this episode. Let's get into it. The bottom tier probably backups: Will Levis, PJ Walker, Zach Wilson, Aiden O'Connell, Gardner Mincher. Minchu, Desmond Ritter, Mac Jones, and Tommy DeVito. These guys are backups, uh, most likely. Most of them actually are backups. Some of them will be backups shortly. Uh, probably Mac Jones and Gardner Minchu. Next tier, sell your stock. I'm ready to sell my stock on all these guys. I don't believe in them. Uh, we have Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, Bryce Young, and Jordan Love. Jordan Love is my guy coming in this year. I really had a lot of faith in him. He's let me down in a lot of ways. Bryce Young, I think I was actually right on. Um, I think he might be okay in the league. He can be something, but he's never going to be the uh, live up to the number one pick where he was selected. And the rest of these guys, I don't, I don't know if I ever really believed in them. Next tier, Joshy Dobbs and the Funky Bunch. I don't know what to do with these guys, so I, I made a little uh, play on words off of Marky Mark and the Funky, Funky Bunch. Funky Bunch. We have Josh Dobbs, uh, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, and Brock Purdy. These guys, I mean, there's a lot of fluctuation. Josh Dobbs is on a Lynn Sanity like run. He could keep rising or he could fall all the way down to probably backups because he was a backup. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see where these guys go for the rest of the season. Russ has had a little bit of a resurgence these last few weeks. He's climbed the tiers since being on the bottom tier last uh, episode. Next, we got season vets, Matt Stafford and Geno Smith. These guys just know how to play football. Um, They're not going to lose you games. Stafford's getting older. He's getting a lot more injury prone, but still a good player. Um, Geno, same thing, getting older, but he's, he's a solid player. Next tier, maybe some controversy. It's called limited by. All these guys are limited by something. We have Josh Allen, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, and Kyler Murray. For Josh Allen, he's limited by his decision-making. We've been over it enough times on this podcast. Um, he's not a good decision-maker. He's not as good as the elite guys like Mahomes, Burrow, even Stroud. Um, Jared Goff, as good as he's been playing, he's one of the most athletic human beings I think I've ever seen on a football field. Uh, he doesn't have the arm talent of the other guys at the top, so he's, he's a little bit limited physically. Um, same can kind of go for Dak and Kyler. Kyler's super short. It's hard to control your height, but he's limited by being 5'9". Dak, just not quite the physical specimen of the top guys. Next tier, we have young legs. And look at the young legs of C.J. Stroud climbing all the way up to the third tier with Jalen Hurts, Tua Tungavailoa, Trevor Lawrence, and the young man himself, C.J. Stroud. Um, these guys are all young. They can all continue to improve. I love what CJ Stroud's doing, and I wanted to give him some credit, put him with some other big names here. Next tier, we have do or die time. Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert. 
all these guys, it's do or die time. Um, Lamar, you, you've been in the league for, uh, what, six years now? You've won an MVP. You've been awesome. It's time to prove it in the playoffs. Do or die time for Lamar. Zwick, remind me, what is the Bengals' record right now? Five and four. Five and four. It is do or die time, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. There's not a lot of room in the AFC North. You have to start winning games. You cannot throw away any more games. Justin Herbert, I think he's being held back by an awful defense and an awful coach, but if you want to keep being seen as this elite quarterback that you are, you got to start winning games and stop losing these silly ones. And finally, lonely at the top, Patrick Mahomes. There are your QB tiers. There's That's the true. applause I was waiting for. Thank you. Zwick, yeah. why don't you start? Um, I'm definitely not selling my Bryce Young stock yet. Um, I still believe it's been a rocky start, but the Panthers have given him almost no help to work with. So I'm not totally out on him. Um, I like the I like the Joshua Dobbs respect. He's been, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the league over the season, obviously. I mean, kind of came out of nowhere. Other than that, this looks pretty good. I like the CJ Stroud respect. I think he deserves to be up there with those guys. And yeah, I don't know. I I I, I think I know what Butsy is gonna say about these tiers, but I'll let him say it. So pretty much perfect tears from Zwick. I, thank you, Zwick. Go ahead, Butsy. Yeah, I mean, Josh Dahl is being better than Brock Purdy. <laughs> I think it's actually <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm a huge supporter of both guys. I'm a bigger Brock Purdy guy than I am Wait, Josh Dahl. Like Brock Purdy? I do. Oh, oh okay. okay. All right. Yep. All right. Yep. I don't know if I've said that before on the show. Okay. No, no, no. Um no. I don't know, like I'm not a huge Kyler guy still. Uh, I know he played pretty well last week, but I like limited by, I think he's more limited than the other guys in this tier for, for more than just his height. Like, I don't think his weapons are great. Obviously he's still five, nine. Um, and his, like sometimes his decision-making is poor. So I, I don't, I don't love Kyler up there on the tier with Dak Goff and Allen, I, I think he's slightly worse than them. I, I think he probably is like on the season vet level with Gino and Stafford, in my opinion, right now. Um, because he doesn't like, I just think he's really, he's, he's got a lot of factors that are going against him. He doesn't have a great, uh, great receiver core. He's got a solid running back in James Conner, who just came back from injury. Um, and, and he's five, nine, you can't see over an O line. Uh, so that's kind of an issue, but, Besides that, I think C.J. Stroud, honestly, like this may be – I may be crazy to say this, but I think he's in the MVP conversation right now. And I like – I think he's playing better than guys like uh, like probably Trevor Lawrence. Like I think he's playing better than Trevor Lawrence right now. Like I don't think yeah, that's a is. heinous statement to say. Um, I know his team is – what are they, five and five? Five and five four. and five, five and four, five and four. Like they're five and four, and – He's been balling every game. Like he, I don't really feel like he has been the reason why they have four losses. Like he is playing unbelievable. He's playing like a like a Pro Bowl QB uh, in his rookie season. I think he's going to keep balling, and I think he's going to get on like the Tua level like pretty soon. I know he's on the same tier, but I still think there's a little bit of a gap between those two right now. Um, it also helps for Tua when he's throwing to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, like. I it's it might be crazy to say that if Stroud had Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill that he might be better than Tua, you know, like the way he's you know he's he's making guys like Noah Brown become wide receiver ones and Dalton Schultz the resurgence of Dalton Schultz I mean that guy is catching everything 
Uh, he had a great game two weeks ago. Noah Brown had a great game last week. Um, I don't know. I really like Stroud. I think he's playing really fucking well. Um, he's making guys that we've never even heard of or who we thought were going to have dying careers, you know, look like pro bowlers. Yeah, I I was debating how high to go with Stroud, and I ended it right before Trevor Lawrence. Um, and it's not because Trevor Lawrence is out playing C.J. Stroud. He's actually – Lawrence has had a, a big-time slide. And Stroud, like you said, has been balling. Um, it's just, you know, small sample size. It's been nine games and maybe just wanted to pump the brakes a little bit there before we put him over guys like Trevor Lawrence. But I did put him over Josh Allen, and there was no pushback for that. Um, that That's interesting. Uh, are we all on the same page there? Josh Allen, we're, Bad. we're witnessing the falloff? Is that what's happening? I mean, <laughs> yeah, like 100%. Led the league in interceptions every year since 2018. So, yeah. All right. Enough said. All right. Let's get into some betting talks, fellas. Um, how did everyone's bets do this past weekend? Because we didn't have a betting episode, right? No, we did not. How did we do on our own? Not good. Great. <laughs> yeah, not great. Good. I had oh. a great Sunday. Bengals sunk okay. me. I had uh, under in the Monday night game, I had the Raiders. I had the Seahawks money line. I had we had the over in the Falcons Cardinals game, which was cash. I had the Browns plus six and a half and plus seven. I also had the I had the Titans who who put up a stinker. But besides that, pretty pretty productful uh pro productful Sunday, I'd say. All right, let's uh, let's see if we can do it again, but see. Is that a I'll word? start. Let's do uh productful. No, definitely not. It's not a word. Productful. <laughs> Productive. Productive. Why did I think productful was a word? I don't know, dude. That was a little bit of a brain fart. Um, all right, let's start with upset alert. I am one and two on my upset alert picks. Bad to be two and two because the Vikings are not losing to this Denver Broncos team. I don't know how the Vikings are plus two uh, after this Josh Dobbs run. It's Josh Dobbs season, fellas. Um, I think I think he's here to stay for at least this week because the Broncos are not a good team, especially defensively. So, enough said. Josh Dobbs, the Vikings have a good team. Um, and the Den- the Denver Broncos are not good. So give me the Vikings plus two for my upset alert to win outright. Swick, would you like to yeah, follow that that's, up? I am going with Bills minus seven. I don't think Zach Wilson can go into Wait, we're doing we're doing upset, upset alert. alert, Swicks. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I <laughs> Stay with we're... the kid. Jesus. Right. <laughs> my fault. My fault. All right, all right. My upset alert is oh, see. I like the Broncos too, but I got to pick it back up. So hold on. Let's see, go first. Um, my upset alert this week is the Packers to beat the Chargers at home. Uh, Chargers are in absolute shambles. They're going to Lambeau. Very, very difficult, tough place to play. And honestly, the Packers, although they lost to the Steelers last week, Jordan Love actually played pretty well. Like he had a few really great throws. Uh, he had one into the like a double, you know, double covered over the shoulder bomb um, across the field, which was beautiful. And then had another, another nice touchdown pass. I don't think the Packers are as bad as three and six. I think, I think they're better than a three and six record. Um, and the chargers, man, I like, I can't bet on the chargers. I I, I can't, I, I really just can't trust putting money on the chargers because they don't have a defense. Like they're, I think they are the, um, they have the second highest payroll on the defensive side of the ball in the NFL. And they don't have linebackers. Like, there's nobody to protect the middle of the field. Um, if they get pressure, great. If not, it's a 10-yard crossing route over the middle. It's a 10-yard post across the middle. It's something just wide open over the middle every time. They have good, co- decent corners. Um, 
they don't and they have a good front front line, but they don't have they don't have linebackers. Uh and on the offensive side they're great, but I, I think Lambo cold West Coast team used to playing inside, going outside uh going out used to playing inside, going out to Lambeau where it's cold. Give me the Packers plus three. Yeah, terrible bet. Zwick, what do you got? Yeah. Um no. fuck you. Have... No, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I have Pittsburgh plus one and a half. Um, I think they can really ruin Dorian Thompson Robinson's um start this Sunday. And I don't believe in you know him or the Browns offense whatsoever. And the Steelers defense proves to be really fucking good. And Mike Tomlin continues to win games that he shouldn't. So I think that he's gonna dial up some some looks and some packages that are just gonna confuse the hell out of this rookie quarterback DTR. So I'm going with the Steelers. I don't trust him. I don't trust their offense. And the defense has not been that great. It started yeah. the season really hot, but it's cooling off. It's cooled off. So we'll see how that how that goes. But I'm going with the Steelers. Yeah, the Steelers are so weird. I, I just hate their roster and their offense, and they're somehow six and three. Uh the Browns, I, I actually disagree a little bit about the defense. I know they started amazing. They haven't been as good, but I think they've they've still been solid. Um, I think last week they threw a pick six. Like, their offense has not put them in good spots. So, I still think that defense is very good. All right, let's get into some straight bets. Uh, Chargers minus three at the Packers. Lock of the week. Just throw all your money on it. No, I'm kidding. It's not a lock. But – it's do or die time for the Chargers and for Justin Herbert. I think this is a Herbert masterclass, and I just don't think Jordan Love and the Packers in that offense was as good as I thought it was going to be or as serviceable as I thought it was going to be. So, I mean, the Chargers have to start winning some games at some point. I don't think they're a four, five, six-win team. I think they get to at least like eight this year. If they're going to get to eight wins, they got to win this game against the Packers. So give me Chargers minus three in Lambeau. Sorry, Butsy. No, it's okay. It was an underdog pick anyway. But I yeah. still love it. I actually might place it. Um, I'm going to go with the Texans minus five. I'm going to go Texans minus five. Actually, no, 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 no. Changing my pick to the over. Over 48 and a half, Cardinals, Texans. I think the Cardinals defense is dog shit. I don't love the Texans defense either. I think they're it's pretty bad too. I think both teams are going to be able to score whenever they want. Um Stroud has been unbelievable. Um, Kyler looked promising in his first game back last week. Uh, James Connors back fully healthy after last week, or this is his second week back fully healthy. Uh, I, I I just smell points in this game. I know it's a relatively high total, 48 and a half, but this this reeks of just a shootout. Like just a random well, like just a random like game that no one really cares about. I mean, maybe besides CJ Stroud, but like it's going to be on red zone way more than anyone wants it to be because there's just <laughs> going to be a shit ton of points, a gluttony of points, if you will. Mm, so I like give me it. the over 48 and a half. All right. Well, I already said mine bills minus seven. I think this is a get right game for the bills. And I think, you know, it's, it has to be now. And if it's not now, then it just won't ever happen. Um, I don't think Josh Allen will play that poorly again. I'll knock on wood because if he does, then, you know, he might be cooked, but, I don't think Zach Wilson can win in Buffalo, and I think they'll probably score like six points, maybe maybe nine. I mean, I just the Jets' offense is just a dumpster fire right now, and 
I mean, the Bills have to put it together, and if it's going to happen, it's going to be this week. So, Bills yeah. minus Tough for, for the Jets to beat the Bills twice in one season also, um, especially after that crazy week one game with Rodgers going down. My next play is the Niners minus 12 versus the Buccaneers. Niners are back and healthy. They absolutely walloped the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. I think they want to keep proving that they're a top-tier contender kind of after a little midseason skid, a, a three-week straight loss. Um, Purdy needs to continue to prove the haters wrong. The Bucks just came off kind of an easy win versus the Titans. I think they're in for a pretty rude awakening this week against a legit team in the Niners. The healthy Niners are as scary a team as there is in the NFL. So give me the Niners in a blowout, minus 12. Um, my next one, I'm going Monday night. I'm going Eagles plus two and a half at the Chiefs. I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. I really do. I think they're the most complete team right now. Um, I know the Chiefs, this is probably the best defense that the Chiefs have had like during their during their run uh, at Super Bowls. But I think A.J. Brown is that good uh, that he's going to find a way to still get 100, 150 receiving yards somehow. Devontae Smith, great. I, I mean, they have so many weapons on the offensive side. And on the defensive side of the ball, I don't trust the Chiefs' O-line to keep guys like Sweat uh, in check at all um, or in check for the whole game. I think the Eagles are going to be able to get home on Patrick Mahomes. Um, I don't trust the receivers. For, for Kansas City yet. Rasheed Rice hasn't really proven much to me. He's dropped a lot of passes this year. Sky Moore hasn't looked great. I mean, we saw what they did at Denver. They looked horrible. Um, so give me the Eagles. I, I think they're the more complete team right now. I know it's in Arrowhead. I know this is a Super Bowl rematch. This is probably one of the biggest games of the regular season, and the fact that it's in prime time is fucking awesome. But I, I like the Eagles. I think the Eagles are the better team, and I think that the better team wins here. I like that. That's a ballsy, ballsy play, and I like it a lot. Balls on the table. Uh, Swick, go ahead. All right. My other one is Cowboys minus 10 and a half. Um, obviously, they're at Carolina, and the Cowboys' offenses look awesome. And I don't think that um, Bryce Young is going to be able to do almost anything against this. God, Dave Flowers just ran so far. Damn it. All right. Yeah, I don't think. Bryce Young is going to be able to do anything against the Cowboys defense. And I'm like, I, I think, I think they might get shut out. I think it might be like 33 to zero. Wow. All right. Wow. Um, My last one going against Butsy again, Cardinals plus five at the Texans. I didn't even take the I, Texans. Yeah, you did. Oh, no, oh yeah. You, I switched you the over. It, you changed it. You're right. You're right. All right. Cardinals plus five at the Texans. I really like how, how Kyler looked. Um, looked like he didn't really miss a beat. Everyone's kind of on the Texans jock right now, and for good reason. They're a very good team. I like them. Um, but I think five, I think the Cardinals can cover. I think there's a chance they win this game. Um, it, there, There's a tendency this year for the super hot teams in the NFL to lose. So I think the Texans, this is a, kind of a letdown spot, and the Cardinals could sneak one out. I do actually think that Jonathan Gannon is a good defensive coach, so I wouldn't be surprised if – this is a, a little bit more low scoring on the Texans side. Give me the Cardinals plus five. Okay. Uh, to wrap it up, Dolphins minus 13 and a half. Dolphins cover big spreads. That's kind of what I'm basing this bet off of. Um, we saw when the Patriots went down to Miami. I was there. It was nine and a half. They covered. Um, they played Carolina. It was 14. They covered. The Dolphins cover big spreads. 
Raiders have had a couple cakewalk games. They played the Giants and then the Jets back-to-back weeks. Two absolutely horrendous franchises and terrible teams. Um, teams that can't move the football. And what does Miami do? They can they can move the football. So give me Miami uh, minus 13 and a half. They could easily win this game by three touchdowns, and I wouldn't bat an eye to it. Um, we saw Vegas struggle against the real defense in the Jets. Obviously, they could do whatever they want against the Giants because it's the Giants. Uh, Jets defense was a little better, gave them a lot of trouble. A couple turnovers were caused. Um, I don't think Miami's defense is that great, but I think they're going to do enough to keep Vegas in checks. I don't think that's very hard to do. Uh, as long as Josh Jacobs doesn't run wild, then it's this is going to all be Miami, Miami, Miami. Yeah, Vegas is absolutely horrible. I think that's a good pick. They're terrible. Zwick, do, I mean, the, the you... worst 5-5 five and five team I've ever seen in my life. I completely agree. Zwick, do you have one more? Yeah, I do. Um, Lions minus eight. I think that the Bears are just like, – uh, Bears. I, know, I think Justin Fields is coming back for this game, but I don't think it's going to matter. I think the Lions are just way – their offense is way too much for the Bears. Horrible defense, and I, they're at home. I think they get it done by at least eight. Duh, Bears. Uh, I like that as well. The Bears are horrendous. I like the Lions a lot too. All right, let's get into our teasers. I'm going Cowboys – uh, they are minus 10.5 in the three-man teaser. They're going to be minus a half point, so they just have to win the game. They're, the Cowboys are just a far superior team than the Panthers, um, and it would be a very Cowboys thing to do to lose this, but I think it's a little different. I, I just think the Panthers have nothing, so give me the Cowboys. I, I just don't see them losing this game. Ooh, so we get 10 points, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Swick, do you have your pick? Yeah, um, my teaser. Sorry, I'm distracted. What was it? Actually, I got mine. I'll fire it off. Uh, okay. Give me the Dolphins minus three and a half. Yeah, like, like, there's no plan. There's no conceivable planet in which the Dolphins don't win this game by four or more points. They've been getting called frauds. They've been, they're on fraud watch. They're playing a sh- the maybe one of the worst teams in the league. That's five and five. They they like they're they are they're a bottom five team. The Raiders are a bottom five team and they're five and five. Dolphins have been on fraud watch. They're gonna come out and absolutely beat the brakes off of bad teams because that's what they do. They struggle against good teams, but beat the brakes off of the bad ones. Uh give me the Dolphins minus uh the three and a half. They're gonna fucking win by a hundred. All right. Mine is Eagles plus twelve and a half. Um I don't see a scenario where the Chiefs win by you know, 13 or more. I think this is going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be close. And I just, I think Jalen Hurts gets gets it done in big moments. He always has. And I think he's going to do it again on Monday. As like usual, it. as usual, I love the teaser. I, there's no way it loses, right? No shot. No chance. <laughs> All right. This is going to get us to two and two on the pod for teasers. Uh, we have Cowboys minus a half point. Dolphins minus three and a half. Eagles plus 12 and a half. I love the picks. Boys, we got Ravens Bengals on. I think we wrap it here. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we will be back soon. Enjoy your weekends and peace. Peace. What's going on, everybody? I am here with Zwick to preview week 12 of the college football season. Um, not the most exciting weekend. Uh, we have a lot of teams, mainly in the Power Five conferences, getting ready for some big matchups next week for rivalry week. So a lot of teams are playing some um, some disappointing competitions. So not a ton of great games, but there are a few that we're excited to go over and discuss. Um, Zwick, let's start with Utah at Arizona. One of the earlier games on the slate, Utah 
uh, at Arizona. Arizona is minus one. The over under is forty five. Um, Utah has looked better than I thought they would all season. Uh, with no Cam Rising, their their offense has been serviceable. Their defense has been great. Their defense has been really, really great. But I think a surpriser in the in the Pac-12 has been Arizona this year's work. Yeah, they they've um they've been eye opening in the Pac-12, and what's been basically the best conference all year. Um, just added another really, really good team. So Utah Arizona should be a fun one. It's gonna be close. Um, I like Utah plus one. I I think that defense is really, really good and. I know it's in Arizona, but I'm I'm still rolling with the Utes here. I think I think they can get it done. Yeah, I'm gonna take the opposite. I'm gonna go Arizona. Um, I I think their offense is gonna be able to score enough points. Um, their defense isn't great, but I think Utah offensively has kind of struggled all season. Uh, and I don't think that they'll be able to uh, keep up with Arizona on the on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but definitely definitely gonna be a great game, a close game, and a good way to kick off the weekend uh, or kick off a college football Saturday. Um, the next big game, Georgia at Tennessee. Now, I think when this game went on the schedule uh, in the offseason, I think a lot of people were very, very excited for it. Now that we've kind of seen how Tennessee has been all year, their offense has been struggling uh, significantly. Joe Milton has not lived up to expectations at all. Um, Tennessee is a 10.5-point dog at home, over-unders 59.5 swick. Georgia last couple weeks has looked like the best team in the country again. And that's why they got the number one ranking back from Ohio state. Yeah. I, I'm not really giving the Vols a chance here. Um, Max, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but Georgia's too good. They look like Georgia again. Carson Beck has yeah. looked awesome. And Brock Bowers is back. This Georgia offense looks like they're electric and I just, Obviously, we know how good the defense is, and you're right. Joe Milton has looked horrible, and after we saw some some film from him last year and saw how good he could be for him to you know perform like this this year is really disappointing. Um, I think yeah. it was easy guy to root for, very strong arm, but just you know not very accurate with the football, not very smart with the football, and the Tennessee this Tennessee team is just disappointed. So. I think Georgia covers this, honestly. I don't think it's very close. Um, I think if it was in Athens, it would probably be like a 17 points yeah. spread. Yeah, I was gonna say close to 20. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm rolling with, with the Bulldogs here. I don't I don't think it'll be close. Yeah, I agree. Georgia and like you said, Georgia's looked like the old Georgia uh the past yeah. couple of weeks. I mean I mean getting Brock Bowers back is so huge for their offense because it opens up everything else. Um, obviously he's an incredible talent, but it, he draws so much attention because he is one of the most best players in the country. I'd say he's probably a top five player in the country right now, Zwick. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, he, he's maybe a top, at least top ten, maybe fifteen pick. He's unbelievable. Um, yeah. and so getting them back, their offense looks so much better. Carson Beck, when he has Brock Bowers on the field, looks like a very serviceable quarterback, and that defense is still very legit. Um, I don't. Like this team is obviously not as good as it was the past two years, 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 years. Still the number one team in the country. That cut out there for a sec. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's crazy to think that this team hasn't looked like they have in the past two years. You know, this team this year is not is clearly not as good as it was before, and they're still the number one team in the country. Uh, it just kind of speaks to how good they've been in the past. So, uh, but I like Georgia here. I think Georgia wins by two touchdowns pretty easily. Uh, I think that Tennessee is going to have a really tough time moving the ball. Georgia's going to get pressure on Milton, and Milton 
uh, already isn't accurate with the pocket. And when he's going to be under pressure all game, he's not going to be able to make any plays. So give me Georgia uh, in, a, in a pretty convincing and easy win. Um, they'll, they'll probably keep that number one spot, I'm assuming, unless something goes completely awry. Um, yeah. Another interesting game on the card. North Carolina at Clemson. Clemson is minus seven, over-unders 58. Clemson at home has been pretty good this year's whip, right? I mean, they've, yeah. been, they've, been, they've been solid at home. They pushed Florida State to the limit, and then they beat Notre Dame last week or two weeks ago, rather. Um, I don't, I, I don't know what to make of this. Why? I, 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 I saw it. Yeah. And so I, I did some digging and I was like, well, UNC has got to be missing somebody. They're not missing anybody. UNC is fully healthy. Then they just went wire to wire with Duke in double overtime last week. Where a lot of people were expecting that to be a blowout. Um, cause Duke's offense is in shambles right now. Yeah. Uh, and they were able to push UNC to the max. UNC's defense has been horrible for like, three, five, ten years. Yeah, just forever. <laughs> yeah, for literally forever. But their offense has been able to keep them in games, and their offense solely won them that game <clears throat> in double overtime against Duke. But Clemson is still sneaky good, Zwick. They are. They are. And just as we I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. A couple it. weeks ago, he brings us back. Uh, I, I really don't know what to make of this game. I really don't. I, I think I like UNC plus seven. Because I think Drake May is that good, but I also think that this Clemson offense could just tear through the North Carolina defense, and I think they probably will. I think it'll be a shootout, but uh, I I couldn't give you a winner for this one. If I had to pick one, I'd probably go UNC, but like Clemson has been so fantastic at home that they could win by two or three scores easily. Right. I'm I'm gonna take the over here. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I don't think Cade Klubnik will be able to, you know, take UNC's defense over the top because he hasn't been good all year. But I do believe that Clemson will be able to run the ball really well, really efficiently against that UNC defense. Uh, UNC's offense is also just really fucking good. Drake May is very, very good. The receivers are really good. Um, they got that one guy back off of, uh, what was he, on suspension or something like that. He, he missed the first couple weeks. And then when he came back, he was exceptional. I forget his name. Um, you know the guy I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah, I just he's like I, a five star recruit. Uh, there was some, so. there was some mishap, but he's back and he's playing really well. Drake May is unbelievable. So I'm gonna go with this over because I don't think that either team will actually be able to stop each other. Um, if I had to take a side, I would take UNC plus a seven because I think UNC's defense will do just enough to keep them in this game. I'd like I I I would be very I, surprised. I I hate it. It's gross because they obviously are begging you to take North Carolina, and that's why I'm not going to take North Carolina. But unofficially, off the record, I I would lean UNC plus seven. But I like I don't I just don't see Clemson winning by two scores. I don't like I don't think their offense is that good. But UNC's defense either. is that bad. Don't believe in how him. good is how good is Clemson's defense? Like, I mean, Clemson is just they've they've given us a fucking roller coaster of a season. Like yeah. a roller coaster. Hey, I mean, they've given us a roller coaster of like the last five years. I mean, yeah. they've had two elite quarterbacks in the last like seven or eight years or so, and they were always super successful. And now here they are sitting at six and four. Yeah. And people are questioning Dabo Sweeney. So people calling for his head. Then he comes out and beats Notre Dame, and everyone says that he's the savior. He's, you know, yeah. he's the guy. I, I don't think Dabo's going to go anywhere realistically. 
I, I think people calling for his head was a little extreme. The team that he has now is just not. It's you. Oh, it's really you. hard to do much with it. Yeah. Uh, it's really especially on the road. Like this, his team is not really built to go win big games on the road or win any games on the road for that matter. Uh, but they take care of business at home. So I, I, I think UNC might cover it, might cover the seven. But my official, official bet for this game is going to be the over because I think this over is it's going to be a big time shootout. It's fifty nine. I'm gonna yeah over. I mean, like I, I, I think over fifty nine is the play. I just don't see UNC stopping Clemson. I just my only concern is that Clemson is gonna run the ball all game and yeah. just chew through fucking clock because I don't want K Clubnick putting it in the air and making mistakes. Yeah, that's my only concern. But besides that, I, I, I think both offenses are gonna be able to do pretty much whatever they want on Saturday. I agree. All right, let's move on to the next game. Kansas State at Kansas. This is a good one. This is a great game. Kansas is minus eight at home. Over under for this one is 56 and a half uh, as of Thursday. All these lines are recording this on Thursday. All these lines are at Thursday around three o'clock. Um, I, Zwick, why don't you start? Because I, I, I don't know where to go with this one. I don't either. Um, I, I, I think Kansas is better. Um, I know they're, they're ranked lower, but. Well, from what we've seen from Kansas, they beat Oklahoma. They have really elevated their program the last couple of years. For a while, they were like the dumpster fire of the Big 12 in college football. And here they are. And they've been ranked the past couple of years. They've had some really big wins. So I like the Jayhawks here. But Kansas State is a good football team. There's nothing There's nothing to take away from them. They hung around with Texas. And uh, it's it, this, this show would be fun. If I had to give a play, I'd probably go with the over. 56 and a half, but I like, I like Kansas just cause they're at home sways me a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Kansas state plus the eight. They impressed me really. They impressed me last week. I, I, their offense played much better than I was anticipating. Um, pushing Texas, to the absolute limit. I know Texas didn't have Quinn Ewers. Who's going to be back this week. We're going to talk about him in a sec. Uh, cause they got a big game this Saturday as well, but I don't know. I think Kansas State's solid. I think they're really well coached, and I think they're going to do just enough to hang around. I mean, eight points is a lot. Like, that's just – it's just a backdoor. It just smells like a backdoor cover. So – and I know Kansas is good, but I really I really think that Kansas State is going to be – is good enough to to hang around with Kansas. I mean, they, they just hung around with Texas. I know, like I just said, they didn't have Quinn Ewers, but they forced overtime with Texas at Texas. Like, that's – no matter – Quinn Ewers or no Quinn Ewers, their offense put up 31 points. Like, that's still very impressive to do in an away environment. Uh, my only concern is, is just a, it's a letdown spot for Kansas State, really. You know, like, they did put up probably one of the best performances of the season. And they are ranked, and they're deservingly so ranked. But when you push Texas to the wire like that, then you got to come out, and then you got to go play Kansas, and you're a big underdog, and everyone kind of says, oh, why is this team, you know, eight-point underdogs, and they just lost by three at, at Texas – it's a letdown spot for Kansas State, but regardless, I think they do cover this. Uh, so I'm going to give out Kansas State plus eight in this game. All right. All right. Uh, next game on the docket. This one, this is a fun game, in my opinion. Florida at Mizzou. This is a fun game. Really, really fun game. Mizzou is number nine in the country now. I, if you told me Mizzou is nine in the country, I at the beginning of the year, I would call you crazy. Um, yeah. And go, go to your multiverse or wherever the hell you came from. Uh, Mizzou is minus 11, over under 59. Florida has had an up and down year. 
They've had a really, really up and down year. Uh, started really poor against Utah, getting absolutely smacked uh, at – was it in the Swamp? Or no, that was at Utah. That was at Utah. Mm-hmm. They played in the Swamp last year. At yeah. Utah, uh, they got spanked. But they've, they've, they've had some wins that, that, that kind of turn your head. Yeah, I Florida is so, like like you just said, they're one of the most interesting teams in football. Jaden Daniels had, you know, like eight hundred all purpose yards against them last week. Um, talk about him for Heisman. But I'm not impressed with their defense and I'm not impressed with Graham Mertz at all. I don't think he's anything to be wowed by. And this Mizzou team came out of nowhere. Like you said, like no one thought they'd be here. And like, like we said, they are literally like a really, really poorly last game decision. Fuck up away from beating LSU. And then they're a one win. They're a one loss team. And we would have a whole different conversation about Mizzou, but this is a big year for their program. They're at home prime time. I don't think Graham Mertz can get it done. I really don't. I don't believe in him. So I'm going with Mizzou minus 11. I like them on on Saturday night. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's bright lights for Ertz. I don't think he can handle it. I don't think he's built for this. Mizzou, all they have to do, they don't have to do anything spectacular to cover this either. They just have to play the way they've been playing. Um, yeah. It's not. I don't feel like covering 11 is asking a lot out of Mizzou. But I know their defense is kind of shaky, and Florida was able to hang around for a while against LSU. Kind of just they would always be down two scores and down a score, down two scores, down a score for a while in that game. I had Florida in that game, by the way. That was that was a tough bet. But I I don't know, man. Eleven points is a lot of points, but I think they're going to cover it. I think they're going to win by two touchdowns. Uh, I just struggle to to have any faith in UF, and my mom's cousins live in Gainesville. Uh, my mom's cousin went to undergrad at UF and dental school at UF, so he's a fucking Gator through and through. Uh, and he's he's not happy with how this team's playing this year, and I don't I don't blame him. So I'm gonna go with Mizzou to cover here. Mizzou at home, bright lights. Florida not built for this. Not a great team at all, really. I'm actually shocked that it's only 11. Uh, I, I would I would be I, I would would have felt more comfortable if it was like at 13. That would have kind of made more sense to me, and I would be feel more confident taking Mizzou. But the fact that it's 11 is kind of stenchy to me. It's a little it has a little bit of a stench to it. Uh, but I think Mizzou wins by two touchdowns still. I agree. I don't. I'm not. I don't believe in Florida at all. I I don't like. I I, I they haven't given me anything to be le- to hang my hat on. They're five really. and five. So they're five and five. They're so mediocre and so middle of the road. Um. All right. Let's move on from Florida. Let's go to the second to last game. Washington at Oregon State. This one is going to have a million points. Washington is a two and a half point underdog. Oregon State's the favorite in this game. It's at Oregon State over under 63 and a half. Uh, Two really, really explosive offenses. Um, I would say that uh, Oregon State's offense is a little more volatile. Volatile, volatile. uh, Because Ugalele, Ungalele, whatever, however you say his name. You want to? Ugalele. Yeah, that guy, he either throws for five touchdowns or he throws for none or one. So, you know, I feel like I, I keep checking Oregon State scores because I think they're pretty good. And <laughs> they either score 50 points or they score 14 or 13. Yeah. Like, it's it's gross. Uh, So, I don't know, Zwick. I, I, what Oregon State team is going to show up on Saturday? I, That's my question. I think this is a very dangerous game for Washington. Washington absolutely needs to win 
to get into the college football playoff, which I'm sure is their aspirations. And this is a very dangerous game. They're going into at Oregon State, two and a half point underdogs. If there was a game they're going to lose on the rest of their schedule, it's this one. Um, I I think that I, I think Michael Penix has what it takes. And I think obviously Washington can, and I think they will win this game. But I think it's going to be closer than people think. I don't think Oregon State is just going to roll over and let them have it. I think that Washington is the better football team. But Oregon State is really good, too. I mean, they're 11th ranked in the country. They're in one of the best conferences in the world, probably the best. And I just I, I like Washington plus two and a half. I like the over as well. Um, I'm, I haven't been super impressed with Washington's defense, even though it, it has been good at times this season. But it's also fluttered at times. Yeah. So DJ Ugalele, we'll see which one of which version of him shows up. Um, whether it's the one who looks awesome and throws for four or five scores or just kind of rolls back and doesn't take care of the football and, you know, is kind of careless in the pocket. So we'll see. Yeah. I, and for that reason, I'm not going to take this over or the under. I'm going to not, I'm not, don't have a side. I don't play on the, on the total for a side. I'm going to take Oregon state. This line is so gross to me. Yes. Uh, number five, Washington, you know, number five team in the country. They played great all season. Penix was, it still should be the Heisman favorite. Do you think it's kind of crazy that Bo Nix is the Heisman favorite right now? I mean, I think, I think it's because he threw 400 yards last week. And Jaden Daniels. Yeah, Jaden Daniels is awesome. I If I had to pick a Heisman, I would go with him. Jaden right Daniels. Yeah. Has to be. I mean, the guy has literally all of the yards that you could ever imagine. All the only way I see him not winning is because his team is 15th and Michael Penix yeah. and, or, and Bo Nix are higher ranked. That's the only can, way I see him not winning. But can you really blame a guy where he scores whenever he wants and runs whatever? Like, he does whatever he wants to do on a football field, and their defense literally couldn't stop a fucking high school varsity team? Like, I, I mean, it's not... It, you can't you can't put the... Fifth, like, there he... Whoa. He is not the reason that they're ranked 15th in the country. No, absolutely not. It's their defense. Future second-round Patriot pick? No, just... I just... I just... Wa- I just... I just really want Drake May. And like really? I'm seeing I'm, I'm I just want Drake May. I don't even want Caleb Williams at this point. We're not going to get him because I don't think the Panthers are going to win another game. And yeah. so the Bears will have the pick. And but we can talk about that on the NFL segment. And I and I keep seeing it's like uh the uh, Bears, Giants, Patriots. Bear uh the Giants play the Patriots next week at MetLife. Big game, Big, huge game, huge, huge game. It's game a tank, for- it's a tank off game. I mean, yeah, like my roommates and I were talking about going. And I would wear a Giants jersey and he would wear a Patriots <laughs> jersey because we're literally cheering for our, our own teams to lose because we want a good draft pick. Uh, anyways, back but back to this game. I, I, I like Oregon State. This line is really smelly to me. Um, I, I feel like I feel like suckers are going to be on Washington. <laughs> suckers uh, Zwick, uh, are all over Washington. The suckers are all over Washington. Sharp money right. will be coming in on Oregon State because why is Oregon State a favorite? Why are they favored by two and a half points, right? If it's a pick them, fine. But why is Oregon State favored by two and a half points? I don't know. I think Washington's better in a in a vacuum. Uh, but I think DJ's going to show up. I think he's going to show up and have a big-ass game. So give me Oregon State minus two and a half, Swick. That's going to be my play. Yeah, I just I, – I believed in him long enough, and I think I'm done. I think okay, I'm done. fair know. enough. He's going to prove you wrong one more time. All right, we'll see. He's gonna, he's gonna build up your hopes, and then he's gonna sh- he's gonna have one of those games where 
you know, you just you just don't believe him in anymore. All right, last game on the docket today. We have Texas at Iowa State, who's only a seven and a half point underdog. Over under is 47. Iowa State, great defense. Very good defense. Alumni, uh Brock Purdy. Uh, is an is an alum of Iowa State. Oh, so you're on Iowa State. Let me get let me further my analysis. Uh, okay. Texas Quinn Ewers back this week. Very good at football. Very 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 good at football, and he's going to return for another year. Did you see that? Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. In my opinion. Uh, but I I I'm eh, torn. That weird. But all right, whatever. Okay, whatever. It, it might be a little weird. Might not be. Uh, seven and a half <laughs> is a fishy ass number to me because. I just feel like Texas will win this game 21-14. Mm. I, I I think Texas is going to win this game. Exact score bet? Exact score bet, 21-14. I, like, there's no doubt in my mind that Texas is going to win this game. But do I really – I don't know if they're going to cover. I think Iowa State's defense is really that good. Uh, that's why the total solo too. Texas offense was great la- uh, last week against Kansas State, but it was Kansas State and there was no Queen Ewers, so – I don't know. I don't know what to make of this game, Zwick. I think it's going to be close. I think Texas is going to win, but give me Iowa State plus seven and a half to cover. Mm. That's that's my play. At Iowa State, that place is going to be going bonkers. How much, question, so how much does Brock Purdy going to Iowa State influence this pick? So it definitely does, I will okay. say. Uh, I, I'm In my analysis in the model, I put it in the model, uh, that I made for this game, and I would say it played about like a twenty-seven and a half percent. So over a in, factor, factor into my decision making. All right, all right, that's big. That's big. I, for one, am not factoring in Brock Purdy into my bets. Um, you should, you should. That, Brock Purdy. Maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll change that. Um, going forward, I like Texas here. I think it's gross. I think it's very, very gross. And Iowa State is going to be rocking. These fans are going to be rocking primetime Saturday night. But I think Quinn Ewers is built for it. I think the Texans offense is built for it. But losing their running back, Jonathan Brooks, really hurts. Um, Torn ACL last week. That definitely hurts the Texans, the Texans, the Texas offense. And it, 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 it worries me for the future for potential playoff implications if they can get there. But it doesn't worry me this weekend. I like Texas. They're way better of an offense. Iowa State's offense is not very impressive. Their defense is the highlight of this team. And I believe in Quinn Ewers, and I believe in the weapons that they have on that offense because they're really, really good. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I agree with everything you said, but I, I don't know. I think that Iowa State defense is going to be is going to do enough to keep them in this game. I, I don't trust their offense. They've never really had a good offense except when they had Brock Purdy. Even then, they were pretty bad. Actually, that's completely false. They were pretty bad yeah. with Brock Purdy. Yeah. Brock Purdy was terrible in college. Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible in college. But he stayed there all four years. So he has pretty much every Iowa State passing record ever, <laughs> which is kind of cool. But, you know, the the lowlights of him, uh, he was <laughs> – you see the one play where he was getting sacked? Oh, my He's God. getting dragged yeah, down, and he just threw good. the ball behind him. And, he, and it, it was like backwards. a walk-in pick six. He just threw it backwards. <laughs> it's, it's just such a funny clip. Drafted, like. <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant, someone, Mr. Irrelevant. I, I someone, someone Mr. had, Relevant. someone had to go with the last pick in the draft. You have to take yeah. someone. Yeah, then somehow it worked out. Somehow it's really worked out for the for that guy. It's yeah, really, I mean, it, he's really yeah, doing well. I mean, it 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 worked out. It's gonna work out when they when the Super Bowl and Brock Purdy Super Bowl MVP. Okay, I 
Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we'll see when that happens. But so if Brock if Brock Purdy was in the building on Saturday, I would take Iowa State money line, but he won't be because they're not on a buy. So I'm just gonna take Iowa State plus seven and a half. Um, I think the defense is good enough to to hold Texas. Uh, I I know Texas is a great passing game, but I think Iowa State's got a pretty good front seven. Uh, and they're gonna be able to stop that the running game, and and Texas is gonna have to solely rely on the pass. And I don't know. I don't know much about Iowa State's secondary, but I would assume that that's pretty good because all Big Ten def- or I mean, they're not even in the Big Ten, but every like Iowa team always just has <laughs> like a good defense because they're all just really like strong. If you play, fed. if you play football in Iowa, you are probably good. At yeah, the- yeah, you're probably and you're probably pretty good on either line. Yeah, you know? you're really that, good yeah. on the lines, and you're really good, uh, good at hitting people. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. correct. Yeah. You're really yeah. good at hitting people. Okay. So I would say plus seven and a half Zwick. Let's talk a little uh college football playoff because mm-hmm. my brain's churning. Lots, lots, brain's churning. Lots. So does a one loss because we have Ohio State Michigan next week. Yes. Does a fair. one loss Ohio State team get in? And does a one or and or does a one loss well it won't be and but or does a one loss Michigan team get in? Do both of those is there a world where the loser of that game still gets in the college football playoff? If it's a close game, we're assuming it ends in a three to like a last minute or last drive touchdown, last drive score to win the game. I don't think so. Wow. I don't I don't think they would deserve it. Um, and say what you want about Washington and Florida State. But I think they're more deserving if they're undefeated. And I think they will be. At the end of the year, I know Washington will see Oregon again, I'm presuming, in the Pac-12 championship. But I I just, I don't, like, I think Michigan is going to win, and I don't see it being all that close. Yeah. I think Michigan is a lot better than Ohio State, like a lot better. I, think I agree. Their running game is way better. J.J. McCarthy is playing really well. I know Marvin Harrison is, you know, out of this world, but – Michigan's defense is really, really fucking good. And Can JJ McCarthy throws seven passes and beat uh, Ohio State or eight passes. What was he seven for eight against Penn State? Um, yeah, I think, was, I think that's what he was eight. seven for eight. Didn't throw a pass in the second half. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I don't think. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Because I don't think they can. I think Michigan is going to win. It's at the Big House, right? Yeah, it's it, it's in yeah, Ann Arbor. It's, it's in Ann Arbor. I think Michigan's going to win the game by a by a touchdown. Um. But it's interesting because I think Ohio State is still really fucking good. Like, I still think they're a really good football team. There's a reason that the polls have had them at number one for a, a while now. Um, yeah. I think Michigan is better. But, like, then then I'll, let me propose you this. Oregon beats Washington in the Pac-12 championship, and now you have a one-loss Ohio State team, a one-loss Washington team, and a one-loss uh, Oregon team. And an undefeated Florida State. Assuming Florida State goes undefeated, because I don't think anyone's going to touch them in the ACC, they get in. Yeah. Clearly. Uh, then you uh, have three teams that are all deserving to be in the playoff because they're all really fucking good. That happens, and you know one's not getting. You know two aren't getting in. Yeah. Ah, uh, shit. If that happens, I, I think I would probably give it to Ohio State. Unless That's what I think too. Unless they lose by a lot. To Michigan, yeah. unless they get blown out and it's not even close, then I would probably give it to it. It it all depends on the scores. Like like if Oregon 
beats the brakes off of Washington or vice versa, I don't think a one loss, either one of those teams, or sorry, if Oregon, yeah, if Oregon beats the brakes off Washington and they both have one losses, I don't know if either of them get in. That's the thing. It's like, I don't, I don't know. I think if they beat, if they, if they beat the brakes off of Washington, if Oregon beats Washington bad and Michigan beats Ohio State bad, then I think you'd have to give it to Oregon. I think you would too. I I, I think you'd have to give it to Oregon. Yeah. But then we have this whole fucked up scenario in Alabama where they're still good for some reason. They're still really good. They've been been playing. You'd have to. I think you'd have to. You have to put Alabama in. You wouldn't like. You wouldn't be able to put them in. But then say they Alabama because they they're not going to smack Georgia. There's like no no doubt. If if they win, it would be a shock in the first place, and it would be a close game if they were to win. Then you you have to leave Georgia in there. I think still. Yeah. So then you have. I don't think Georgia. I think Georgia's a lock no matter what happens. In a whack hypothetical scenario, you have. You could have Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, and Florida State. Oh, no, no, Michigan. Yeah. You'd have Michigan, Georgia, Alabama, Florida State. That would be insane. That that can happen. That can easily happen. Oregon has to, like, really beat Washington for this to happen. And they're not getting in. Like, Florida State, if they're going to go undefeated, I would assume because the ACC kind of stinks, so they all have to do is beat Louisville, who's yeah. good. Granted, they're good. First they've had they've had a few bad losses, but they've had a you know they beat Notre Dame, a few impressive wins here and there too. There, you can't leave out an undefeated team. That's number one. Correct. Georgia is Georgia, and they you lose to Alabama by three points or you know five three three to three to seven points. I mean that's not a reason to leave them out. Mm-hmm. Michigan goes undefeated. And then Alabama wins the SEC. And then you don't have Oregon, Washington, and Ohio State in the playoff. That would be oh my god. That yeah. But I would say the most what is the most realistic scenario? Like if I think you the most yeah. realistic scenario is Georgia's number one, they beat Bama in the SEC championship. Mm-hmm. Michigan is number two, they beat Ohio State. Florida State is number three, I want to say. If they're undefeated, yeah. Assuming they win the ACC, which I think they will. And I think Washington beats Oregon again, and they go four. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think Ohio State should make it over an undefeated Washington team. Washington. I, I agree. I, I Well, obviously. Undefeated, you're in. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that's the most likely scenario. Georgia one, Michigan two, Florida State three, Washington four. I think Oregon could beat. I really think Oregon could beat Washington in the oh, in the Pac-12 championship them. and absolutely fuck all of this up and make oh, it so messy. So messy. It, 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 it is going to be an awesome game when they play again. And I think the winner of that probably gets in, assuming that, well, it depends. It depends on the Michigan-Ohio State game. Right, correct. And what happens there. But if that's okay, like in the very unlikely scenario, Ohio State blows out Michigan, or say someone gets blown out, whoever gets blown out is probably not getting in. Correct. If it's a field goal game, I could see them both getting in. So that game has a lot of implications on the Washington Oregon game. Yes. But I think 
I don't know. I still I still think whoever wins that game is getting in, even if it's a close game. I I agree. I mean, obviously undefeated Washington gets in, but I mean yeah. I mean Oregon I don't excuse know. me. Oregon <laughs> fucked up. Oregon fucked up at Washington by not taking the field goal at the end of the half. Yeah. And mm-hmm. two fourth downs, maybe one they shouldn't have gone for. But yeah. the one they tried to go for to end the game, I totally, totally, you know, do that. Like that's a good yeah. that's a good play. Fine. And then they miss a field goal by that much to go mm-hmm. to OT at Washington. Is Oregon better than Washington? I think they could be. I, I don't think they are right now, but I think if they if they rematched, it is certainly not a lock either way. It's probably going to be a pick em. It, Oh, I think it definitely will be a pick em, And I wouldn't know who to pick. Like, I, I seriously wouldn't. I mean, I don't it's, know either. It could go either way. And it, it, and it did go almost either way when they played a few weeks ago. So the winner of that, obviously, that game is going to be awesome. That game is going to fuck. That game 100%. is going to fuck. We're calling it now. It's going to fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that game's going to fuck hard. But I think, I think, yeah. I think Florida State, by the way, switching topics, Florida State, if they play Michigan as a 2 as 3 game, I think Michigan is going to beat the fucking piss yeah. out of Florida State. Yeah, I do too. Like, I think Michigan is that. I think Michigan's <laughs> the best team in the country. That's my that's my hot take. I'm leaving it at that. I think Michigan is yeah. the best team in the country right now. Finally, it's time to talk some basketball. Uh, it's been a little bit. My bad. The old laryngitis caught up to me there. But nonetheless, we are Classic. back. I know. I was laryngitis still... is no joke. It's no it joke, no joke of an illness. I, literally, I no, lost You don't get voice. it as a joke either. No. <laughs> I lost my voice. I little step behind the curtain here. I was with Butsy and Letty last weekend and when I and Jordan and when I came back my, I woke up my voice was missing for an entire week. I just got it back today. Um so we had to do a quick segment. We are doing a power ranking segment. We're going to rank the top 6 teams in the NBA from our perspective and I think the way we should do this is one after another just go through and say it. And then afterwards, we'll have our biggest reactions. So, Butsy, why don't you start with yours, then Letty, and then I'll I'll finish up. I uh, might just not so we're be clear. able to not interrupt Butts because I know his list is going to be absolute blasphemy. So we're going <laughs> six to one, right? One to uh, let's go one to six. You want Whatever to you want to do, start at the top and go to the bottom, or work our way up. I say get the top out of the way because we kind. I feel like yes. the top should be the same. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm going. Uh, the Denver Nuggets one. Ooh, okay. Boston Celtics two. I'm going Timberwolves three. Ooh. I'm going Sixers four. I'm going Mavericks five and Bucks six. Wow. Okay. That's Letty, my six. Letty, wait. So let me write this down. Well, Letty, you go ahead. Okay. I have Nugs at one, C's at two, Sixers at three, Timberwolves at four, Bucks at five, and the team that Butsy hates, the Miami Heat, coming at six. Oh, who aren't good enough wow. to make the play-in tournament this year. They've won seven in a row. I take back everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not That's... great. That's not aging well. All right. Mine. I have Celtics one. Nuggets two. Not biased. T-Wolves three. Philadelphia four. The OKC Thunder number five. Ooh. And the Houston Rockets number six. Wow, Max! So do you want to start? Do you want to start with me? Do you want to start with me? I think yeah, I, I, I hate it. I, okay. I hate everything so, about it. 
Yeah. Starting with the Rockets, right? And the Rockets notable teams that we left out are Miami, and we're talking about Miami and the Mavericks are probably and the Bucks, right? Now Indiana. Indiana's de- doesn't play a lick of defense there. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm I love them to death. I think me and Letty are the biggest Indiana fans on this podcast. I'm not putting them up there. The Rockets have beaten the Nuggets, the Pelicans, the Lakers, the Kings twice, and the Hornets, right? Now, mm-hmm. if you're looking at who Dallas has played, right? Like Dallas looks on paper, they have a higher winning percentage and they've looked really good. They've beaten um, the Wizards. They lost to the Pelicans. They beat the Pelicans. They beat a terrible Clippers team. They beat a Magic team that's can't score right now, but defensively is good. And then they beat a Bulls team that's kind of in shambles here. And then yeah. they, so I'm I'm and they beat Grizz, the Grizzlies as well. So that team, that schedule is not nearly as strong. And for me with Dallas, this is all Luka. That bench is really thin. Houston uh-huh. has a lot better depth. Uh, they have Fred Van Vliet. They have Jock Lindell. They have Jeff Green was a great underrated signing. Just They brought a bunch of adults into the room, and Ime has completely taken over this franchise and made it his own. Everybody plays defense. Everybody has a role. Um, it's not just... You know, I have the ball in my hands. I'm going to look to score. There is now movement and flow. And if you mess up, you get yelled at. This team is all coming together. And Ime is actually probably on pace to win coach of the year right now. Um, so that's why I put him above the Mavericks. And then for Miami, um, same thing. You look at their last couple of games. They have wins over the Nets, the Hornets, the Spurs. The Hawks are a good team. That was a good win. The Grizzlies are terrible. The Lakers, the Wizards. That's not That's not enough for me to be like, this team is back, right? Um, they lost to the Timberwolves. They've lost to the Bucks. They've lost to the Celtics. They had a one point game with the Pistons. They haven't shown me enough compared to Houston, which I'm, I could look like an idiot, but for the power rankings right now, November 17th, Houston has shown me more. And that team is a little bit more well-constructed. Do I think there are moves to be made and this could change? Definitely. Um, and then the other thing with this is that, OKC. Okay, I just want to talk about them real quick. If you're looking at their schedule again, um, they beat the Warriors. That was a very good game for them. I know Steph and Draymond were out. I still really like that one. They beat the Spurs. Like, they crushed the Spurs and the Warriors. Um, and then they beat, beat up on the Suns a little bit. And they beat the Cavs, which is another solid team. The Hawks, which is just another solid win. Um, they ha- they've been collecting some solid wins here. Their team, I like the way that they're built. I I think, unfortunately, I think they're a piece of way, but I think they need to get rid of I think that piece you're going to get rid of is going to be Josh Giddy to bring in a bigger bigger piece, right? Because it seems like... Can, go ahead, Butts. Sorry, go ahead. Finish your, finish your thought. It just seems like him and Chet, it's either or, I think. I don't think you can have both of them go off in one night. Why, why not? I don't know why, because it doesn't make sense physically, but they just haven't been able to play. If you like, I don't know. I've been watching a lot of OKC, right? And it just seems like Chet coming in kind of made things a little bit harder for Giddy. And I love Giddy. And I that's one of those moves where it's like in order to win championships or and make it far in the playoffs and what you're trying to do, you have to make those painful moves, right? The Celtics traded Marcus Smart and Robert Williams. That really hurt. But they're making these, you know, extra efforts to bring in guys. Maybe it's too it's too early to say this, but that's just my first inclination from watching is it feels like Chet has kind of stunted Giddy right now, unfortunately. Because I love Giddy. Um so that's why I have OKC high. I know I just talked a little bit bad about them, but I still think 
just cumulatively they're better and they don't have the glaring weaknesses that the Bucks have, which is one, their offense and two Dame's. I know he had a great game last night or two nights ago, but Dame's offense hasn't been as great as, as expected so far. He has kind of every yeah. other game he's been going off. Yeah, so yeah, he's I not shooting well at this moment with the way things land. That's why I have my top five where it is. And we can talk about your picks, but, the floor is open. Who wants to start with what you guys think? Let uh, me let oh. me take the floor for a sec. Hey, I can be okay. I, okay? Can, I, I can swing you the rock. I'll swing you the rock. You, you rock. never do. Oh, you never do. You you never swing it. So I'll, I'll I'll swing it to you in the corner for an open three. Let's see if it hits. Let's see if you hit it. <laughs> Side of the backboard, probably. Um. Okay, so Max, first things first for the Rockets, dude. I don't hate it. I think the Rockets are very similar to the Heat, and they don't have a great offense. Like yeah. right now, they're twenty eighth in points per game. They're averaging one eleven. It's their defense, and Ime's defense this is what he does. You bring Ime in, he's gonna have a great defense on this team. Why I would put the Heat and the Bucks above the Rockets right now, if I'm saying my power rings for the best six teams in the NBA, it's about executing down the stretch, and it's about winning. Like I'm thinking long term, I'm thinking playoff series. I would take the Bucks and the Heat right now over this Rockets team just because of their experience and because they execute and they've been here before. Mm. I don't hate it. I think they're doing great. I don't think they're a top six team in the league. Like, I don't think they deserve the respect that the Bucks should get or that the Heat should get. Like when teams see the Bucks and the Heat on their calendar, like, oh, this is a big game. We got to get up for this. The Rockets are more like they're young and they're hungry, but they're not quite there yet. Yeah. I would say similar to. The Thunder, the, but I would even put the Thunder. I don't know. I think I'd put the Thunder. I just think defense is so important in this league to the point where that's why I don't hate this Rockets because they have the Rockets yeah. have the third best defense in the league. Their they're well, opponents are scoring 105. That's the downside right with now. the Bucks too is their defense is the like one of the worst in the entire NBA. So it's just – and it's I also know. like I, I know they've been there before, but that, that this iteration of the Bucks team hasn't. And, yes, you get a negative – uh, adding Damon defensively, but you also get a negative losing Drew Holiday, right? Definitely. And it looks Definitely. like that age is sort of starting to catch up with Brooke Lopez a little bit. Chris yep, Middleton slow. defensively yeah. is his lateral movement still kind of slow, right? You're missing mm-hmm. guys like Grayson Allen, who is a feasible, he was a feasible defender, right? Someone who's at the Suns now and is making it's just those little guys that you know you can fill in, um, and fill out your defense with right and that's what i'm I'm seeing the bucks losing but you know they're also this coaching hire adrian griffin was kind of a weird hire right like you would assume mm-hmm. that's handpicked by Giannis, but his defensive schematics have looked kind of all over the place he's made some questionable yeah. defensive moves like the bucks are probably going to be a team that plays zone right like how effective is that so there are questions about that and i think Ime kind of they know they're building up what their defense is with the Rockets and I like that and also they got older they brought in Dylan Brooks they brought in Jeff Green Dylan Brooks by the way playing the way he should play um yeah I I just I think yeah I see what both sides of this um but see you had Denver over the Celtics can we and both of you did actually can we talk about that real quick yeah I I struggled to put the Celtics at one I know Denver did just I think they went on a three game road trip and lost all three games. I think it yeah. was. Um, they struggled on the road. Obviously, playing in fucking Denver's and or they went on a two game loss streak on the road. Uh, playing in Denver's an auto win because a it's the mile high and b that environment is unbelievable. <clears throat> I I struggle to put the Celtics at one. I think the Celtics are a better team. 
like be, sorry, better talent wise. I think they I think they have more talent through and through than the Nuggets. I struggle to put the Celtics at one because of the volatility that this team has right now. Like this yeah. team lives and dies by the three. And it's so apparent of that. Like it's so obvious that this team, when they're hitting threes, they could be one of the greatest teams on paper, or like one of the greatest teams ever. Yeah, they New Year, win. different story, dude. Same ship. No, 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 no. New Year, same story. New Year, same story. Exactly. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I got you. I'm drunk. I, it's, <laughs> one beer, half a beer. Um, but it's New Year's. It's New Year's, same story. Like let let hit it well. It's it's they live and die by the three. You know, and when they don't miss, they don't go away from it. They don't try to attack. And when they do attack, they're timid to go up and get fouled and fucking go to the free throw line. Um, the driving kick is there because we have great guys that can get to the rim. Um, I would say the only guy that really finishes at the rim is Tatum. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I feel like Tatum is actually probably the only guy that I've seen this year. Maybe besides Drew Holiday because he's really good in the post uh, against smaller guards. But when Tatum gets downhill, he's looking to score at the rim, which is a yeah. lot different than what we've kind of seen in the past. Um, so I like his evolution there, but it's just, they're, they're just too volatile, too dependent on the three. And I think it's going to absolutely kill him come playoff time again. And it does every single year. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I just struggle to put them at one because I feel like the Nuggets are a lot more solid offensively. I think also, sorry to add on to that, but I think it's about their execution down the stretch too. Like you see what the cell, you see what the Nuggets are doing down the stretch. Every time they're playing in crunch time in fourth quarter, they're getting a good look. Whether it's a Jokic post up, whether it's a backdoor cut to Aaron Gordon, whether it's an MPJ three, whether it's Jamal off a of pick and roll, the Celtics down the stretch they get stagnant and they freeze up. And I thought Drew would come in and help this team get Tatum and Brown the ball in the right spots. It's not happening, and I think that's partly on Joe Mazzulla too. I think he, I think. We'll see how this plays out, and we'll see because I don't think Drew is doing everything that he's capable of doing on this team. I don't think he's being as aggressive as he can be. I don't think he's being as assertive as he can be because he's kind of just feeling it out right now. But I think down the stretch, it's getting their players with the ball in the right positions to score, and that's what they're not doing, and that's what the Nuggets do. Yeah, and and add on to that, led like you were talking about Jokic post up and a backdoor cut, and or Jamal Murray off a screen. You rarely see the Nuggets jack threes in crunch time. No, right? Yeah. Like you rarely see them take a an ill-advised three it's or an ill-advised shot. It's everything at the rim. Jokic draws attention. He can pass. It's a and they get a pull paint up. touch. It's a paint touch. It's too, a paint that touch. The Celtics don't can't, even if can't it's do. a, even if even if it doesn't Jokic like nothing that comes out of it. It's a Jokic kick back out to Murray, and then a screen and roll. Murray gets a nice mid range open jump shot. Like their offense is inside out, but I feel like they're primarily looking to get Jokic a paint touch in the rim. And that's a, an advantage of having a dominant big. And yeah. the Celtics don't have that. They have incredible wings and, and stars across the across the board. But, like, Porzingis isn't going to be a guy that you can post up and look to, you know, he's a, not a liable option in the post to score, in my yeah. opinion. So um, it's it's a lot of – it's a, I, I love what the Nuggets do down the stretch. I mean, they, they execute perfectly every fucking time. It's a lot of layups. It's an open jump shot. It's a foul, you know, like they're not afraid to go up and get hit and go to the fucking free throw line or, you know, take a take a risk. Um, mm -hmm. But the Celtics offense is stagnant. It's been stagnant in the crunch time for the last three years. That's honestly, it could be a big reason why they haven't won a title yet. Yeah. One of the biggest the, reasons. The only, um, so like the only thing, the only reason I put the Celtics ahead of the Nuggets um, is because the Jamal Murray injury. Right now he's been out for a couple of games and it sounds like it's gonna be out for a month or two. Um this is like really? fuck. It's that long. 
it's it's been long it, it's it's up in the air uh how long right now but it's been a while and it sounds like it's going to be a while um sure. so that's why that's the main reason at this moment november 17th i'm putting the nuggets below the celtics because jamal murray is a big piece of the way that they've been uh you know the way that they've made their runs and everything like that not to mention denver um is only shooting 71% from the free throw line re- recently they're not drawing as many fouls and they're not uh, hitting those fa- free throws as much as I would like to see them mm-hmm. do so. Um, but that's the only reason why. And then Jokic the Celtics... has missed a bunch. Yeah, Jokic and Aaron Gordon. Like, really, Aaron Gordon's really bad now. Yeah, Aaron Gordon's been playing. Um, he's been missing free throws, and then Michael Porter Jr. has been kind of cold recently. He just uh, last game, I I believe I fell asleep during the middle of the game, but I believe he hit a couple of shots. Um, anyways, the other thing is the Celtics win over the Sixers. I thought was a statement win when you the Sixers played everybody. They didn't. They weren't resting. No mark for leaving. Major, and they had um, they had the Celtics come in and beat them, which was I was very impressed with because, I mean, the Celtics really were missing two very important players. Obviously, with uh, what's his face, um, Brown and. And Porzingis. And Porzingis, yes. The Sixers were also missing. Uh, Kelly Oubre, hope he gets back. I mean, the yeah. fact, I mean, that is, I, I'm that was, sure you guys have seen the Twitter thread. It's like a like crazy guy, story. Yeah, it's getting It's weird. a nuts story. Yeah, the guy was like, I hope Kelly Oubre gets hit by a car. And then two days later in broad daylight in downtown Philly, he gets hit by a car. It's yeah. nuts. There's also like ring camera footage and he isn't, it, it, he's riding his bike. It's a whole weird thing. Um, You should look into that if you're listening. But yeah, so. The only thing is the Celtics win. I thought their defense, their bench looked really, really good last night against the Sixers team. Like, yes, you're missing Kelly Oubre, but I think that the Sixers were easily outmatching the Celtics and the Celtics were still able to get it done. Um, Cornette looked good finally. And just because of that, maybe that's recency bias, but with the Jamal Murray injury and the Celtics looking the way they did last night, I'm comfortable with having them at one. Um, we you- fair. Okay. Wait, I have, there's, there's two things on the Celtics max. Yeah. And cr- you can tell me if I'm wrong, I might be wrong. I rarely am, rarely am, but you can tell me if I'm wrong. It's going to be two things that the Celtics need to do to win a title this year. It's two things. It's really not that hard because everything else is great. It's these two things. Defense. Listen up. Tap in. Defense. I thought their defense was great against Philly the other night. I thought it was really, really good. Created a lot of fucking turnovers and fast break buckets. Two, execution down the stretch. I know we just went into it. I'm not going to go into it again. If they can play defense and create turnovers and create it and make it really hard for the other team and execute down the stretch when it's a five-point game with two minutes left and they have a lead or a one-possession game with a minute left, if they can find ways to win those games, they're going to win a title. Like, I think we, they could beat Denver if they do those two things. Yeah, I, I really do. do. I, think they I, have think, the I think Denver losing Bruce Brown, I think, is ginormous. I don't think enough people are talking about it. Yeah. Like, I think Bruce Brown was such an incredible utility guy for that team and not having him on the floor to... I mean, off the bench, like he was a huge like a spark, spark plug. Yeah, spark exactly. Plug, yeah. He was a huge spark plug on both sides. You know, he can get a steal and then go make a fucking sick offensive play on the other end. So, uh, so the kind of things, like their matchup, they match up very well with the Nuggets too, with their length and their versatility. Yeah, one they do. through five, being able to guard in the perimeter, that's what you need against the Nuggets, and they have that. Uh, Real quick, I mean, the Celtics won their first game against the Sixers, 114-106. That was, they closed out on the stretch there. Um, they lost against the Knicks close game as well. They closed out the Sixers again. Um, we lost to the Knicks. No, we beat the Knicks opening night, and then we lost to the Sixers. No, we we lost to the Knicks the second night on Monday ten nine. We lost to the Knicks one fourteen one oh seven. 
on August on October 9th. We lost to the Knicks this year. We've already played. Them I twice. don't think. Yeah, no, I think you beat us two times. Max, I don't think that's right. We beat them on opening it? night, and then we just beat them. Uh, and you York just again. smoked us. Yeah. Oh no, that was at home. Sorry, we beat them at home. I'm pretty sure because RJ wasn't playing. Max, what's going wow, on? Max, 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 hey, Max is usually the, he's usually the schedule guy. Led you know this, like this guy yeah. when it comes to schedules, he's usually on it. I want to talk about while Max digs up the, the wait. No, the October schedule. 9th, twenty twenty three, we lost to the Knicks by seven. It says that. What the fuck? I don't know. One and one. We our first game, Philly. No, you beat us 108-104 on opening night. I remember that. I oh, we a, did. I have an We lost to them. We did lose to them on October 9th. No, that this makes no sense. Oh, that says you were as well. preseason. My bad. My bad. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Jesus. I was Sorry. so confused. Okay. We're gonna keep that in. We're gonna keep that in. All right. Sure, sure. Can we talk regular about a team season. that we both wait real quick? Regular oh, season. Sorry, go ahead. Closing out games, right? Schedule guy. First game we closed out. Second game against the Heat, we closed out. All right. Those are two big ones. Then that net that Nets game, we won by 10. It, it was kind of close. I would say we we, we were up out. 15 down the stretch. Yeah, it wasn't that big. Then the, the Sixers game that we lost, that was tough. Um, Minnesota, we lost, obviously. But then we closed out again. Like the last Knicks game, it was close in the fourth. We had to, We had to kind of put our foot down, and we had to steal that game from the Knicks. Um, and then the last game against the Sixers, we had to put our foot down. I would say, I know it's very frustrating. Like you and I text about this constantly, how stagnant they get. Um, in the last couple of, you know, the last couple of minutes, we have kind of closed out all right this season. We That's didn't close it out against Minnesota. No, no, we didn't close it out against Minnesota. We didn't close it out against Philly, but we have closed out. Uh, better. Close out against teams that you're supposed to be closing out, and and we're up by like five with two minutes left. Like I, I think. I think closing out is we're kind of putting it under a broad umbrella at the yeah. moment. Like when we're beating a team by 10 with three minutes left and they cut it to like eight and we win by eight. Like, I don't think that's a closeout. Yeah. But yeah. in a game against, you know, Minnesota in Minnesota, where you have all of these chances overtime. down the stretch. It's overtime. And you have you to close get a, out a game. Okay. You have the, well, they, have, they got like two, two, three shots at the end of regulation and they couldn't close it out. Like, and we were getting stops on defense and we couldn't, we couldn't find the dagger. Like we um, have to be able to find that dagger. You're right. You're right. Uh, speaking of Minnesota, let's have a quick circle jerk about them. This team is nice. This team's awesome. It it's is. starting to work out. It's starting to work out weirdly. Um, but it makes sense, right? Defensively, Jaden McDaniels. I I saw so many people on Twitter who clearly don't watch the game, just don't watch NBA, saying that he was a waste of money. We knew this last year that that was a bargain of a deal this year, right? If you watch, we I know we all watched him last year. Guy's an elite, elite defender. The the things that he did to Tatum all game when we played Minnesota was that was the X factor right there. Um, he's worth every penny he's been paid. And then Ant Edwards is having his superstar breakout year, um, which we all kind of were on we're on the Ant train as well. Um, so we we're expecting that. And then weirdly, Gobert has gone back into essentially oh, prime defensive Gobert. Right? Yeah. Uh, he's a He's a heliocentric defensive player, right? Your whole entire defense revolves around him. And mm. it, you can he can be the best defensive player on a championship team. I know it hasn't happened yet, but it can't you already that that's not like a thing worth I don't think that's even an argument. Like that's how elite defensively he is. Um so with that, I mean obviously Kat's kind of the odd man out, but he's I mean he's coming playing back. well, Max. He's like playing, he's... I know he's playing well, so that's why it's like Did you look into it, Budsy? After yeah, I, I did. Saying? 
Yeah, he's I bet, I bet you were mad how well he's shooting the ball. Last last five games, uh, he's averaging 26, yeah. 26 and 45% from three. Yeah. I don't I don't I still don't love him. I, I still I don't, don't either. Which is, I, I, I think it's crazy, but I don't love him. He's big and he can really shoot the three very well. It what's huge for this team is Ant is blossoming into a top five player in the NBA. Yeah. And they need to like realize right that in front of us. They right need to realize it's Ant's team and not cats, but I think they are realizing that. I think he did that. And that yeah, was think... what our issue was before the season started. Yes. We needed we talked about this. The, we talked about this in the preview, right? We were like, the biggest thing for this team, the number one biggest thing is realizing it's Ant's team and not cats. And like yeah. we I think we can all agree they're kind of understanding that it's not cats team anymore. Um, so we're seeing the transitional period, right? And it's successful. This team's so big, right? And the Nas Reed off the bench is a starting center on every other team. Uh, arguably, I that's mean, a hot take. That's a hot. Take. I don't know about that. That's he's a starting power forward or center. I I, I would feel pretty comfortable saying it. that. Don't on hate it. Power forward or center. Um, on any of the teams in the NBA, he is. Is he a starting awesome. four on the Celtics? Celtics. Yeah, you would start him over. You would start him at the four, right? Him KP. You give Al Horford rest. Yeah, fair, fair. Take, fair. I'll, give I'll give take, that to you. I'll give that to you. Oh, look at Max. Well, like, actually, don't question him, dude. Do would you rather? Question. Would you rather? Would you rather start Al and then bring? No, I would take. I would start Nas. Nas, he's younger, and Al. Al is fine off the bench. I would not want to play my older Al. And it's also Nas Reed right now. Defend is also a defensive anchor in his own right. Um, yeah, he's been great. He might, be, and uh, yeah, he's been amazing. He, he, I, I stand by. He can start power forward center any team in the league. Um, so it's just, and then you have Mike Conley, right? Who's kind of the adult in the room. He works as the facilitator. Love for Mike Conley, and yeah, he's perfect for this. This team is. Very perfectly constructed, and it's one of the more modern NBA teams, right? You're going to see this thing, right, where we we talked about it. The superstar era is upon us. The player empowerment era is upon us. However, this has been kind of fucking over teams, and I think what you're seeing is a transition from teams used to go and stack a bunch of stars and then go and win it all. But I think now you're seeing, instead of like the three you know, the, the big three or the big four, you're seeing a big two and then the best role players you can get to fill in around. And that's what's happening with both because of the player empowerment era, but it's also happening because of the way contracts are going to be structured with the new t- upcoming TV deal, right? Like players are going to be able to sign for way more, uh, like way higher max contracts, but it's going to get rid of the middle class of NBA contracts. So you're going to have to sign your role players for less money. Basically, you need to, be able to afford one star, but you need to fill in with cheap role players. And that's what Minnesota is doing. They've made the commitment to um, Anthony Edwards, obviously hasn't signed any massive contracts yet, but you look at Rudy, you look at cat and you look at Ant as your kind of core, maybe you can move cat out of there, but the way that cat is a big with who can shoot and everything like that, he kind of fits in with this team right now. So I love Minnesota. I know you guys do too. Um, any other thoughts? We haven't touched. Um, I think we covered everything. I think, they match up very well with a Nuggets team. Bill Simmons was touching on this the other day in his pod with Doc. He was saying now instead of it being like three superstars on a team, like the Suns are trying to do right now, now it's like these bigger kind of teams like the Nuggets. Yeah. And now the Timberwolves are trying to shape their roster around because they have they have to beat the Nuggets. They're the best yeah. team Yeah, and the, the Celtics so are big to, too. Except with Porzingis, yeah. So all these good teams now have a shit ton of size and a dominant big man in some aspect or another, whether it's on offense or defense. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, what do you guys think about the Sixers team with Joel well, Embiid? Yes. And real quick, the big 
how big all the teams are, you can see it really hurting the Warriors right now because the Warriors notoriously yeah. go small and it's yeah. not working out for them. Granted, they have suspensions, injuries, whatever, but when everybody was playing, um, just size wise, they're not they're not keeping up. So uh Philadelphia makes sense that James Harden leaving. It must be like it just must clear out the room, like make it so much easier to just go to work every day without that. Oh my gosh. Thing. So many that's a guy cancer. Yeah. Um as much as I as much as I hate this individual, probably my second least favorite player in the NBA. Who's one again? Behind Thanasis. <laughs> oh, really? notably, yeah, that's a great dude. Thanasis is my least favorite <laughs> NBA player. He's been my least so he's obnoxious. Been, but but I've I've let you know I've I've been stable with that take. Like I, I have know. been consistently saying that I hate Thanasis <laughs> like for five years. No one's um, arguing with that. No, no one is. Everyone's like, oh my god, I, like that guy is I, yeah, really fucking annoying. That he fucking also guy. he also got a Jordan pointed out the other day. He got a flopping. <laughs> he got a flopping tech. The so other he's day, getting fined. Like, I was like, that's so on brand for Thanasis. He's playing like, garbage is... time minutes in the fourth and he's flopping. It's <laughs> like, fucking awesome. Like the clips I, um, of him airballing layups and stuff. Just... Oh, that's fun. He's horrible. He's a very he's bad basketball player. Um, all right, back to what I was saying. As much as I hate this guy, Tobias Harris has been playing very, very well this season. Um, probably some of the best ball he's played in his career. Uh, I, I, I don't like Tobias because I think he, you know, historically has been grossly overpaid. And has underperformed for a very long time for what his contracts have been, but you can't you can't take away the fact that he's playing very very well right now, and is a reason is a main reason why the Sixers are you know atop well, of the league in power rankings. It's two balls. First off, I'm not going to stand for this volunteer hatred. Dude. Go go, Tobias. He's a Tennessee. Well, it's it's it's, it's really Tenn- not it's really not hatred on Tennessee. It's just it's no. just Tobias. No, I I actually I was with you. I thought he was so overpaid, but I kind of think Harden was maybe the reason why he's been stunted. Um, Definitely. So I think that's an aspect of it. But I, I I'm with you. He he I we always call for him as being the most overpaid. It's him, but it's also Jaden Springer coming off the bench. Um, the guy who can just play right now. He's looking huge. He's looking fantastic. And then obviously the cat the elephant in the room right is Tyrese Maxey is having his complete superstar you know coming out party um he's just faster than everybody in the NBA I think that's the the part of it yeah he's just way faster and he keeps penetrating and attacking the rim and I love watching I hate to say it but I actually like watching Philly play right now he keeps what what he keeps what to the rim Penetrating. Okay. He keeps penetrating, penetrating. deep. Okay. Does he get I love deep? to watch it? I love to watch Does it. Does he finish? Does he finish well when he, he penetrates well. too, Max? He finishes well. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, no, Max, he's been a stud. Uh Jordan called it. I know I know I kind of gave him shit for it. Jordan said that Maxi was gonna be one of his like most improved breakout players this year. And I was like, Well, I, I think that was my take. Was that your I'm take? Gonna... Yeah, I think that was me. I don't Max, Pretty positive. Max, Max. Um, I don't remember. I'll give it to both of them. Ty goes to the runner. You dude. can't do okay. Whatever. Ty goes to me. This, that was my take. That was my take. Um, no, but seriously, like, I was I was struggling to grasp how he could have a breakout season when he was already averaging like low twenties in a game consistently. And ever since Harden got shipped out, he's just been able to ball the fuck out, and we yeah. are getting to see how talented he truly is. Max, you talked about his lightning quick speed getting to the rim. How about his separation that he can get oh. on his threes? Like, I mean. His first step is so lethal that he can generate so much space from it that when he steps back, he's got a good four feet of separation and an open look. Like you can play great defense, but you have to respect his first step because he's probably the quickest player in the NBA. Yeah. And he steps back and you're nowhere in the picture. You can't you can't guard it. 
and he's been knocking them down really efficiently. So Max has been great. Tobias has been great. Uh, Embiid's been Embiid. Nothing new from him, I don't think. He's uh, I think Kelly Oubre. He's played. He's playing. Kelly he's Oubre off the bench has been ginormous for them. Hopefully he gets back soon because I think he's going to be a key piece of them going forward. They, they just uh, uh, downgraded it time, from – so they just, they just downgraded it from it being months out to weeks out. So that's positive for the Sixers. Like, that's good. going to be out a little bit less. Um, you know what I like a little more about the Sixers team too than in the past is I think Nick Nurse and Doc talked about this too with Bill Simmons. Nick Nurse is making Embiid pass more. Yeah. He's kind of trying to channel his inner Jokic and he's averaging like six, seven assists a game where he's drawing so much attention and then whipping one to the corner and getting open shots. And DeAnthony Melton off the bench has been great. I do think yeah, he had like one thing, what fourteen against the Celtics. Last I can't. Stand he can go all for thirty, but whenever he wants, and he, yeah, he's yeah. good. That like that's oh here. We, oh, that not whatever he wants. Not whatever he wants. A little, um, but he's getting just, open looks. He's getting open looks, and he's hitting. He is. He had shots. Well, also, um, also, Rocco and Nick Batum were just great, great throw-in pieces for those clip. That those aren't those guys were treated like throw-in pieces by the Clippers. Those guys aren't throw-in pieces. Um, Nick Batum consistently they put him on way bigger players because he's so smart he can keep up with them defensively and then i don't know if you noticed this butsy but roco was covering tatum last night and doing a very very solid job um those are he's just a great defender yeah, the new pj great, tucker great defender yeah and pj tucker i mean he i actually really don't like pj tucker but... that can shoot lead yeah a pj yeah, tucker that, that can that's shoot actually yeah that doesn't yeah. um but like roco has was a sixer for a long yeah, time so is pj a lot of people a lot of people forget about that um, so good to see Roko back in the, and Tucker. In the city of Burley Love. <laughs> He'll appreciate that from you, but and PJ Tucker, yeah, P- Tucker. Was well, I, I know, I know, I know, but PJ Tucker's no longer on the Sixers. Oh, you're right. I they traded him. Holy fuck, I got yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. keep right. up. Um, I, can I, I? I want to talk about a team that we haven't seen live up to their full potential yet, in my opinion, and has did not make any of our power rankings, and I don't even think was brought up in our honorable mention. Because Suns. the the record is trash, the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> the Phoenix Suns so did just okay. Well, I mean, there's fucking there's not that many teams to choose from that I described with my criteria. Um, they absolutely dismantled the Wolves the other night. Uh, Booker was unbelievable. I have, I have unbelievable. notes on this. I have I, okay. Want to sure. know Why they dismantled I'll, the? I'll notes? let you go. I'll, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. Because I know that I know the Wolves just lost the Suns, but that was on a back to back after that really intense Warriors game where Draymond put Gobert in a headlock. They ended up <laughs> yeah. that was a play in game that the T Wolves won by three. So think of a back to back. That was like their second game of a back to back, technically in a playoff game, almost like that. It was that level intensity. And then mm-hmm. they were literally uh, preparing for Beal to show up that night and play. And then it was like five minutes before game time, basically Beal was called out and yeah, even the announcers like, I'm not like, reading much into it. Yeah. Even the announcers were like, um, all these people are here at this game tonight. Cause they thought Beal was going to be here and he didn't show up. So like you said, I'm not reading into that game whatsoever. I know the Suns just beat Minnesota who we were all very high on, but like I said, that game was, that was a, that was one of those scheduled losses that if we were smarter betters, we should have, we should have put money on the, uh, what's it? Suns money line. So let, let me throw you a, Question, throw it out there. Please. See if you grab it. That's what I'm here what's for. wrong with the, what's wrong with the Phoenix Suns? Oh, thank you. Thanks for I got a lot. And and I know you were hey, gonna ask. You were gonna say how much time do I have? I got a lot of it. Okay. I got a lot Wait, of it. Led, so why don't you why don't you get fired? Before Great you question. Go, Thanks for asking. Yeah. I have to apologize because I Nurkic had one good game and I came on here and was like, see guys, I was fucking right. Nurkic is no. he's not. He's not. I was no. wrong. So you're the floor is yours. Go ahead. Um what's wrong with this Phoenix Suns team is that Correct. It's a pickup game. 
they play like a bunch of good athletes in like a Rico Hines pickup game, like a bunch of great scores and great players that they are. And they hit open shots, but they can't defend and they have no structure on offense or on defense. They're skilled, they're talented, but they're not a team. Like we see all these good teams that are winning championships with defined roles on their team. This team is like, let's go out there. And yes, it could benefit them because it's like anyone can go off any given night, but also it's, there's no structure. And I don't know what, who is that Frank Vogel now? I don't know what Frank Vogel is doing. He hasn't had a healthy team. So we'll see. They don't have an identity is really what it is. No identity on this team. They just go out and they hoop. And that's, yeah. that's not going to win you a championship in the NBA. The, the biggest thing for me is just the injuries. Like I'm not, ta- I'm not reading too much into it right now, just because um, Beal hasn't played for them yet. Booker just came back, right there. It's got to be hard to get into a new flow. That's a new, you know, that's a newly put together team, and you're missing your two biggest, two of your three biggest stars. So, I I don't know. Like, I still am really high on them, but like, if you were giving asking me Suns or Clippers, I'm picking Suns all day because the Sun Definitely. because the Clippers have had their guys play and they still look bad. The Suns just haven't really had anyone yet, um, and I think they're it's hard for them to get into a rhythm. So I'm not freaking out yet. Max, Suns are kings. Suns are kings right now. Who finishes right now, in the regular season? Yeah. Right, like November 17th, I'm picking the Kings. Um, Who do you think is going to finish better in the regular season? All right, so let me – I need to see their uh, win-loss. Do you have their win-loss off the top of your head? I do not. The Suns are five and six. Yeah, and the Kings are what? Uh, but six and there. four. Suns oh, are so five and six, I, and the Kings are six and four. Correct, Led. So, I mean, it's – that's – 11 games in uh i mean that's only an eighth of the season really so it's really hard to tell i'm i like what what's happening with the kings it feels like deer and fox is taking a leap right not just a step um to you know one of the best players in the league and then sabonis is looking better i was really low on him coming into this after that i thought that warriors series was really really telling the way that he folded i thought he was one of the reasons they fully lost that series um, I know Keegan Murray looked rough at the start of the season. He's looking a lot better now. I thought that the Kings should have made a move this offseason. I thought it was kind of a waste, but what I didn't think of is that they added a EuroLeague MVP, and I think his name's like Michich or something, and he's been yeah. working out really well for them off the bench. He just kind of is a plug-and-play and works well. Um, I just think you can't pick against the Suns right now because they ha- they're more talented than the Kings, unfortunately. like I think the Kings are maybe a little bit more well-constructed, but I, I could see the the Suns kind of go getting into rhythm here late and going on a run. So I'm, I'm going to pick the Suns to finish with a better record, I think. So I like one of the guys I want to talk about are the Kings who has surprised me this year is Kevin Herter. Yeah, that guy has been back. an absolute flamethrower. Yeah. Um, and, 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 the, and the degree of difficulty on the shots that he's hitting has yeah. been wildly impressive, like Nuts. moving off of screens – Hand fully in the in his jaw reminds me of a young butt. Incredible shots, huh? Young butt. A young buttsy. Oh, why is it? Why not now, and, lad? I feel like my my not and, my prime. <laughs> Corrects me. My not my prime. Prove <laughs> it tomorrow. We got a game tomorrow. No, you have games tomorrow. It's his biggest flaw. He can never take a compliment. Can't take a compliment. Um, the other thing with a young uh, butt. So that's Herter. a jab. That's an absolute jab. <laughs> Herder, Herder too was was garbage in the playoffs. He was one of my. I was. I consistently bet his overs in the playoffs to, and it was driving me nuts because he he, I don't know if the limelight was too or I mean if the lights were too bright whatever but um 
he folded in the playoffs too. So he also was a, a guy that I was a little bit lower on um, coming into the season. I'm very surprised and pleasantly surprised with how he's been performing as well. So good point there. I, I, yeah, the, the six, uh, this Kings team, I hope they take a bigger step. I, they missed their opportunity. They should have added someone, um, you know, at the, at free agency or the trade or whatever deadline. So there's that any other teams you guys want to talk about before we wrap this up, by the way. Mm. Ooh, I think, I think... I, can can let like can we talk about the Miami Heat? Yeah. Yes, please. please like them. To. So let me just talk you through what I'm thinking. Yeah, but yeah, they're on a seven game win streak. They're absolutely scorching at the moment. No, there's no denying the facts. You can't, I mean, you can't you can't argue with a guy that makes good points as hot as to the Leonard touch. Said. Hot, hot to, to the, the touch. touch. But if you had to, in, where did you have them? Did you have them at five? I had them at six because okay. I think they're this. My little quick synopsis, they're a more proven team, same core than any of those other young teams that are in the West, like mm-hmm. Dallas or Thunder or what what have you, Rockets. And you had the Bucks at five? I had the Bucks at five. Okay. Would you not want – the way the Pacers are playing right now, would you not want Indiana over? Hell no. Okay. Hell no. Let's see. I'm just looking through a few power rankings myself. Uh, the Rockets, because the, I mean, this is this is what this or the is Kings. The big I, this is what's very important about this Heat team to understand. Yes, their offense isn't great. They play in a lot of close games. They don't score a lot of points, but their defense is so fucking good that when they yeah. get in close games down the stretch and they execute, they're a team that's played together for a while. And Spo is a great X's and O's guy. They execute down the stretch. This is why they got to the finals last year and they didn't have nearly as much talent as the Celtics did. Because um, they make winning plays down the stretch, and that's something that the Mavericks don't do unless they're playing a shitty team. So, in in in, it's crazy you say that the core has been together a while. The what I'm kind of seeing here from it's a quick Bleach Report synopsis on the Heat. They had them at uh, 11, and I don't. I think they're better than 11 right now because they, it seems like the Suns over them, and I think the Suns are playing pretty poorly. But Jaime Hodkes over his last five games. Yeah, I was wrong. Has is averaging 14 points, three assists, and one and a half threes a game, and shooting 38, 39% from deep. Additionally, you want who's having a great season right now? Duncan Robinson. Duncan. That guy is absolutely bouncing back. He has 14, he's averaging 14.3 a game. So, and and Highsmith has been getting in the rotation more off the bench. I like the heat. I I every year I feel like I struggle. That to to comprehend that they will be able to compete with like the Celtics and the Bucks and the Giants of the East because they might have a bad regular season, but they do it every year, every single year. They do it every single year, and I don't understand. Is it <clears throat> like I, it can't just be playoff, Jimmy? Like, and I wonder how this team will look come playoff time when they don't have guys like Struess or Vincent or do they still have uh. The the bro, the twin what the fuck's yeah, name Martin Caleb, Caleb Martin Caleb, Caleb yeah. Martin they still got him like he hasn't played yet but yeah they have but like you know Struess and, and Vincent were a key part of that team down the stretch last year it's gonna be interesting to see because they they are gonna have to modify it and tweak it a little bit but if there's anybody that you know I I don't know if I trust any head coach more maybe besides like Popovich mm-hmm. to figure it out with that kind of roster exactly uh, dude and this they they spawn three and D players and they spawn guys who can hit shots um. I got one another one really exactly like he's you're already seeing him thriving it's it's like it's almost like reminiscent to the warriors when you would when you have like a yeah. sean livingston come in and he would just be very successful anyone who 
came into that system fits into the system very well because it's so easy to plug and play. Yeah. Uh, I had something really awesome and probably a mind blowing take, but I, I actually forgot it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Can't think of it, <laughs> but it was probably awesome. You had a take? Wait, what? That you just blew my mind. I'm very <laughs> I had I had something really important to say. Oh, but then I, I had a take. It was just gonna be that I'm extremely surprised that uh, how big of a Russell Westbrook fan I am right now. Oh yeah. Last season he's one of my least favorite players, but this season he's taking the he asked to go to the bench. Like I'm I'm I feel bad for him. I'm loving him. His fans suck. They came after us on TikTok a little bit, but um nonetheless, they are I'm I'm back on the Russell Westbrook tra- or Russell. Westbrook train. I kind of love it. I don't it right hate now. it, dude. No, it's just so fucking clogged. I hate Harden so much yeah. and I want him to die. And he should have gotten Jesus. hit by the car instead of Kelly Ray. Right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, someone some had to say it. <laughs> Let's hey, be real. Man. Someone had to say it. Uh, Max, right. speaking of TikTok people coming at us, yeah. I wonder where those Draymond people are at now. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you said it. Glad you said it. Um, I got yeah, torn. We all did. Hard we, they, a while dude, back. The, the Westbrook stands told us to delete the pod. So there's, we've, yeah, whatever. Um, Let's leave them wanting more, boys. This has been a great segment. Um, great podcast. Clicks. Yeah, let's get some clicks here. Thank you all for listening. I'll be back. We're all going to be back. Um, Butsy carried us this week, so thank you for that. Me and Letty will be Buts back talking basketball. Ah, Me and Letty will be talking basketball more often now that I, I can actually talk. Um, and Butts. And Butts, obviously. He's, <laughs> sorry, He's going to continue the carry job. Um, but, yeah, we're going to be back on schedule. I'm very sorry. Uh, but, yeah. Let's go Celtics. They're playing the Raptors tonight. And yeah, peace. We're going to take a let's go let's go get drunk. <laughs>